Are you ready to listen to my dad, Joe, and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which has been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Boring. A... <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time. With a focus on football. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. Mahomes takes the snap. He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. All right, everyone, and welcome to the Joe Mays and JRAF show, episode 306, brought to you by Small Player Big Play, the latest app offering to help promote youth athletics. So for more, please visit smallplayerbigplay.com and download the app on the Apple po- excuse me, the Apple App Store or the Google Play App Store. I'm Joe Mays. We're going to be talking about NFL tonight here on the show. Yes, we are beginning our season previews if you can believe it. Diving into those already. It's mid-May, so this is about accurate for the last few years since we shifted things up by about a month to uh, accommodate the Bulldog Hour in August. So we like to spend the next eight episodes of the Joe Mays and J-Raff show talking about the upcoming NFL season. And I'm not going to be doing that alone. Let's bring in my co-host, Mr. Justin Raffoff. Yes. You know, it's an exciting time when we start talking about what what uh the nfl season is going to or how it's going to play out um you know obviously this season there's lots lots of unknowns but i'm excited to talk about the you know what we think is going to 
play on the field or what's going to unfold on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hopefully uh, there's no delays or cancellations. Things are probably going to be different no matter what. But let's uh, just hope that a season happens and we get to enjoy some professional sports. Uh, I guess quickly, maybe before we dive into dissecting the NFC West here on the first part of our 2020 NFL preview, uh, maybe a quick update on what's going on with the other professional leagues. Uh, Word is coming out last week and entering this week that baseball is hoping to start kind of like what Justin and I have been saying for the last month uh, around the 4th of July. That's what's being put on the table. There's some things to address, obviously. Uh, health and safety is the primary issue, but there's also going to be the, the the money aspect that they're going to address. But recent rumors have said that MLB is looking around 80 games or so, and uh, they want to start in early July, July 1st, July 4th, somewhere in that area. Like I said, Justin and I have been right. all over that for a while. So I know I know it won't happen exactly like that, but did you see the Bryce Harper plan that that he put out there? Yeah, you Man, had like, messaged me about it, and I took a look. Oh my gosh! Like if if that could happen, and look, I understand there are lots of obstacles all over the place, but like I I think that would be really cool. It, like I'm not opposed to baseball changing things rather drastically, especially for this year because it is going to be so different most likely than anything we've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they can just push it back and up. We're going to play 162 games and go through the Super Bowl. You know, like it's not going to be like that. Um, So if you were ever going to do something crazy, like now's the time to do it, you know? So um, I understand it, it doesn't, it's not that simple. There's lots of things to work out, but there were a lot of aspects to the Bryce Harper plan that I thought were, pretty darn cool. Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun to come up with something unique. And that seems to be the way that the NHL is favoring. Last I heard of their 31 teams, they wanted to do a a restart with 24 of them and essentially kind of be a quasi playoffs. There would be a round robin involving the teams and they would kind of seed based on that. And certain teams would be able to get buys into the main rounds of the playoffs. Uh, they're still working on that as well, and I don't think they really mentioned a targeted start date because until the facilities open and players are come back from, um, you know, th- their international homes, which is going to make uh, health and safety uh, even more difficult, uh, more so than at least Major League Baseball, they need to go just like baseball, you know, two three weeks of warm ups again. You got to get these guys uh, fit and ready to um, go through the. Uh, the rigors of uh, the NHL playoffs, which we know is the the best uh, playoffs in all of sports, is watching uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it's uh, probably the one that takes the most physical toll over you know a, an eight week period. I think they still want to keep seven games for the majority of the playoff series after you know that introductory stuff is done. So you know if they're looking to start. If they're looking to start mid end of June, we should know this week. If not, it's going to be into July. And, um, you know, NBA has been talking about the same situations. They've been antsy to open up their facilities to get people back. I have not heard much on their end on what they are expecting to do when they return. Have you heard much about the NBA, Justin? I know there's there's been some talk about, like, places opening up that are able to open up um, their facilities and things like that because you have places all over the country that are 
you know, like it's, it, it's crazy because it's not, not the same everywhere at the same time, you know, like, and that, that's what adds some even more complications into this complicated mess, you know? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, yeah, I, I, I know NBA was looking at, you know, similar to hockey in terms of there probably will be some kind of maybe expanded playoff format. Um, you know, they, I, again, I know they were hoping to keep it at seven rounds or sorry, best of seven for the rounds of the playoffs. Um, that would at least match what there was before, but maybe there's some play in factors, you know, since, uh, they didn't get to finish the regular season yet. Like I, I know they were throwing around lots of those things. Um, I don't really know exactly how it's going to play out. I don't think they do yet either, but, um, in my opinion, basketball is the one where they can, you know, if they have maybe 10 days notice, I feel like they can, they can get things rolling there. You know what I mean? More so than the other sports. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I think basketball, they probably probably feel like they probably need two weeks notice, but yeah, I feel like we could find out early June that basketball starting late in June. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think, um, I, I just feel like there's, there's less there that would complicate things. Unlike baseball where essentially they're going to have to mimic some of spring training all over again. Um, Right. You, know, you don't have, have you don't have individuals having to get up to right. ho- you know hockey ability or pitching ability right. basketball right is... like I know I know the hockey guys stay in shape but not like the guys have ice rinks at their house right you that, know, and or... that's the issue like basketball Where, you can go yeah. out to your driveway and shoot around you can head to the well right. I mean if you have your own gym when you're talking about professional basketball players a lot of them probably right. have, their own them courts. have their own courts right. right so it's yeah. much easier for them to stay in game shape than it is for uh, baseball players and hockey players so I, I do agree right. when the NBA has an idea I think theirs will there will they will be able to spring back up within two weeks, whereas the others are going to take, you know, a week or two to get ready. And then, you know, a two, three week training period before they can really start games. So, um, right. I do expect all of them to return. I know there are people that don't think that's going to happen. These leagues have to come back. They cannot skip an entire year. There will be chaos. We're already talking about the impacts of this on next seasons before this one's even come back and finish. You know, there's all talks about what's going to happen with the salary caps and players in escrow, especially in the NHL. You know, it's wrecking havoc on the developmental leagues, which, you know, are somewhat related to the professional leagues, but are not fully funded by the professional leagues. And, you know, what's going to happen with minor league baseball and the AHL and the lower levels there uh, and all that kind of stuff. So things are really um, up in the air. You you had mentioned you had mentioned a while ago. This is probably a couple months ago, I think that and this might not have been on the show. This may have been just in a conversation that we had um, about how, like hockey relies a lot on ticket revenue to pay the bills. Um, and not that it, you know, there's a lot of money made in baseball and that number has been thrown around in the high thirties to low 40% range. Um, you know, in terms of the, the revenue and stuff like that. Um, but like when you talk about sports like football, ticket revenue, while a massive number, 
it doesn't come anywhere close to the TV deals, you know, and same thing for some of the baseball teams, you know, they're, they make a lot of money on tickets, but they make a ton of money on the broadcast rights because there's local and national rights and all of that stuff. And it gets really complicated, but, um, hockey relies a lot on the, they get some from the TV deals. It's not like they're not getting anything there, but they rely a lot on the, the ticket revenue. So it's not, going to look that way when it comes back most likely at least at first when it comes back so um there, there's lots of obstacles there but um you know there are lots of smart business people in these <laughs> in these sports and we like to bash the commissioners but it's not like there's single guys running these leagues uh, it, it these are you know billion dollar companies essentially or organizations and they're they're gonna do what they can to get it right. You know what I mean? Now that doesn't, it doesn't always work out the way you want it to, but uh, it's not going to be for a lack of effort, you know, for any of these organizations that they, they get out there pretty much as soon as they feel like they can uh, and do it safely. And, um, you know, in, in their eyes from the, you know, the NBA or the NHL or whatever, start making money again, um, or at least cutting their losses again. And then, you know, from the fan standpoint, like, hey, give us something to watch. You know, like, um, you you put it on, it's 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 going to be on my TV. You know, yeah, I mean, so, the NFL draft um, w- went like ridiculous. The amount of viewers they got, it went up like what thirty eight percent or something ridiculous right. over and, last and it's year. Funny, it's funny because they're when you think about it, all the pomp and circumstance, not all. 90% of the pomp and circumstance of it was gone. Right. You know what I mean? There wasn't, it wasn't the big overblown production. Like I saw some people that were like, listen, like, I'm not saying we should do it because they like the idea that it's a big show and stuff, but they're like, from a viewer standpoint, they liked it more this year. Cause it was just more of the, the football stuff, you know, but, um, yeah, th- there's lots that goes into that, but, um, yeah, it, Man, we, we we talked about this before, but July, I, I would love for July to be when, when places, you know, can really start getting back and some of these sports can start coming back. And, man, July could be an incredible sports month. And I would love for it to be because that would be a good sign. You know, that would mean hopefully that oh, things absolutely. are uh, slowly but surely moving along in the right direction. Right. So, you know, and that's, this isn't even us being able to, to comment on, um, you know, college football or scholastic sports, all that is up in the air. Everyone's, uh, doing things differently as, as a huge disappointment. It would be a huge disappointment for a scholastic sports to be canceled, but in the long run, scholastic sports aren't going to go away. Whereas I worry if collegiate sports get canceled, college sports could go away. I don't think people understand how dire it would be if, College football would be canceled. We've already started to see some athletic departments oh, get rid of yep. sports because of spring sports being being canceled. Uh, but if you get right. rid of f- uh, football in the fall, college athletics could be in significant uh, danger of of going away. At least the yeah. way it is now, it, where the you know there right. are hundreds right. of universities it, that offer sports programs yeah. that will not be the case oh. anymore. Exactly. College football will still be around in, in a couple of years. Um, it may, if there are severe issues rolling through this college football season, that there, 
it could look very different in a couple of years than it does right now. Um, and that's, you know, it's hard to speculate what, what that would actually be, but just, yeah, schools that are, you know, breaking even or slightly not breaking even in athletic department. Um, there's no room for something like this, you know? So, um, it's just like in, in that regard, it's just like any other business, you know? And so you're not, you, you can do things all you want. There aren't many places that are sustained to have something this, like a game changer of this level, you know, there's only so much you can do to prepare, be prepared. Like, you know, yeah, no, it completely. Not, and we could have, I mean, if it comes down to it and the college football is announced, I'm sure we could have entire shows talking about the aftermath oh and, God. you know, what could and will not happen. And, you know, hey, if uh, scholastic sports are canceled, we might have a lot of time to talk about there not being college football. As uh, I don't know what we yeah. would do with the Bulldog it, Hour in case there would it, be well, a. Well, it, it's interesting. And this is, this is not saying like I've heard it would be or anything like that. And honestly, there's been a lot this week saying that they're, they're in a wait and see approach, which has kind of been their go-to mode for the PIAA and things like that. Um, but it, it's interesting, you know, I see some people be like, Oh, there absolutely has to be high school football in the fall. And like, don't get me wrong. Like from, from a fan standpoint, you know, wanting it to happen, I, I obviously hope it happens, but like you kind of, you know, alluded to a few minutes ago, like, I don't know that there has to be, you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. Like from a standpoint, yeah, there has to be, you know what I mean? But like from a logistics standpoint, it's not like college football, like you said, or, you know, NFL football where they're going to find a way to make it happen. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, NFL is happening. And other people that think they, that we're crazy to say that, but the NFL is happening. The NFL is not missing a season. No. They will figure it out. There may not be fans right. in the they stadiums to watch until, you know, the Super Bowl or something, but they are having right. a season. So that no, is happening. I, I, absolutely. I, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, but anyway, yeah. It, so it has been a crazy, crazy time. I, oh, man. I, I'm uh yeah. Yeah. Well, before I, we I do like that there has there have been little bits of sports like kind of trickling back. I I told you before we were on the air. I watched Bundesliga uh soccer on Saturday um just because it was on and it was live. Um and it was it was actually entertaining. It was a four nothing game, so hey, I'll I'll take it. So Yeah, I know some so- international soccer has returned. There's been some golf back racing none of which interests me in the least um you know of those i may watch some world cup or you know olympic matches in soccer and i can occasionally will watch the indianapolis 500 in indycar racing yep and um wait what was it what was it oh golf um i'll I'll occasionally have the masters on i don't you know the the big four i might i might see a little bit of but none of those really interest me all that much whatsoever so i'm still waiting for something big to come back and uh, i might actually end up with a lot of them on today um there was racing and some golf like you said but um i have a feeling that over the next few weeks as they are back that it's gonna start to uh find its way on my tv screen a little bit more (laughs) yeah you know it may happen here at some point too but i've just like i made it this far you know what's another six weeks until you know to at least you know i'm 
who knows what's going to happen with the NBA. Um, you know, I'm obviously going to be hoping the Sixers do well, but it, I'm going to be very focused it, it on NHL awesome. and MLB. It would be awesome if they didn't like all come back at the exact same time. You know, like if it's like that, you know, half midway through June and NBA's back, you know what I mean? And right. then like NHL's back a, a, a week or two after that. And then baseball starts a week after that, you know, like, it, oh my gosh, that, yeah. that would be incredible. Well, my dad posed a question to us. If you had to choose a sport okay. to watch and follow come August out of all of them, because they could all be on at once, what would you choose? Now, he, he mentions all of them, and this does not include NFL because that doesn't really start till September. So he's saying if the NBA, the NHL, MLB, and at the end of the month, if college football starts on time, what are you watching? So I'm going to override him and eliminate college football because that won't start until the end of August. But NBA, right. NHL, and MLB will all be occurring at the beginning uh, of August. So of those three... Which one are you watching if you can only pick one? So, like, are we talking, like, on any given night, or are you saying, like, for the duration of what it is, I'm only watching one of them? I think it's, like, you can only watch one for the entire month. Ooh. That's how I took it. Honestly, I'd probably pick baseball. See, I'm picking hockey only because I know I'll be able to watch baseball later. You know, no, and that's that's yeah, that's fair. And in August, um, you're talking like you're probably in the conference finals, maybe. And you know, at some point in August, you're right. talking conference finals and Stanley Cup, most likely. Right. So, so like, I, I am absolutely the picking. Hockey. I did not pick basketball or hockey was because I'm assuming that the Flyers and Sixers will have broken my heart by that point, and I'd be stuck watching teams that I was like. Yeah, you see, know, rooting again. See, I, I do ex- <laughs> fully expect the Sixers to not be doing as well as we had hoped they were. But the Flyers, the way they were playing, I hope they this doesn't jinx them and they can get back to right to where they were because they had to be, you know, a favorite to um, to make more noise right. at the end of the year than they were expected to at the beginning of yeah. the year. So I was going to say, on the other hand, on the other hand, it would be a very Sixers thing to like have their run be this year where everybody would discount it forever. You know, like so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? I would still be very excited to add that banner uh, to the oh, studio. I, so, absolutely. Uh, my dad says he agrees with me because NHL will be in the playoffs and baseball won't be. Um, and and we definitely favor the two of those over the NBA games. Uh, I'm super excited. Like if baseball comes back July 1st or July 4th, like we talked about, like I always so excited to watch the Phillies. Um, and and every night that they're on, they'll be on my screen as long as the Flyers aren't also on in meaningful action. Because, um, you know, baseball will be drag, drug out until November, maybe beginning of December, whereas hockey yeah. will only be around for probably two months or so. Um, but it'll be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I don't have to make that choice and I can just watch Sixers, Flyers, Phillies probably every night for like two months. One of them will be on. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. And in the middle of the summer, when usually we're just like, when is football coming back? When is football coming back? You know, because by that time, like, we love baseball, but it's the only thing on. So you can watch baseball all the time, no matter what. But to have the choice right, between, right. or maybe three nights in a row, watch Sixers, Flyers, Phillies for the entire summer would be, uh, that would be unique. That's for sure. 
It would be incredible. So um, half half an hour into the show, maybe we should start talking a little football since this is supposed to kick off our NFL preview series. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> now, I mean, we're obviously we're starting at the bottom. So NFC West, sorry, you're uh, the least impactful in terms of our viewership and our listener base. So we, we start with you always at the top because if something changes with you, it won't really matter. That's why we save uh, the NFC North. Excuse me, the AFC North, the NFC East, and the AFC East are our last three weeks leading up to, um, you know, to August and training camps kicking off because those are the, uh, the those 12 teams in those three divisions are, are the big ones. So we're starting out West, NFC, and we're looking at the Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, and 49ers. So, well, let's do what we always do, Justin. And, uh, well, let's uh, start with our fourth place team and I'm going to put you on the hot spot first and you get to tell me who's going to finish fourth in the NFC West this season. All right. Um, man, I, (laughs) this is really tough. Um, I, I know who I want to go here. Um, I don't know how, if I have the guts to do it, but you know what? I'm gonna do I it. I do. I have the guts to do it. I, and if you're, you're probably gonna pick the same one as I am. I don't think I am. I don't think I am. Really? I'm picking the Rams. I'm picking the Rams to be in fourth place. And what? What do you think their record's gonna be? I'm. Gonna they were nine and seven last at, season. Uh, you know, I'm after gonna put being them at the, seven and. I'm gonna put them at seven and nine. Okay. So I think it's gonna be a good all-around division. I really do. I think it's going to be very competitive. I don't think the Rams are going to be bad. I think they're going to take another step back from last year. Do you think Sean McVay is on the hot seat if that happens? Yes. Not. I don't think he's on the hot seat this year. I don't think he'll be fired this year. I think he could be on the hot seat for the following year. I think there's enough. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. I think there's going to be enough chaos in the world, basically, to kind of give some people a pass. And I I think he's a a really good coach. I think he was overrated and we come to this a lot on our show, meaning he was rated as better than he was given more credit than he was due. Maybe even though he's still very good. Does that make I know you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, um, but I think, and obviously as you can see here, I'm, I'm, having some other teams I think are going to be better here. Uh, So I think there's going to be some improvement with some key other teams that are going to continue to make it harder for the Rams. And the, the, we talk about cap issues all the time with, um, with the the Cowboys, you know, uh, and, and just potential cap issues there really. Um, There's certainly cap issues and we've seen it and we, we were calling it for years because the Rams were giving away everything for, to win now, to win now. They made it to the Super Bowl, lost, and now they're a couple years removed from that, and they are paying that, that cap debt and, uh, and you know, releasing guys left and right, right and have guys, like, taking them because they're saying they're not getting their roster bonuses even though they weren't cut before the the, the days that, you know, were in the contract. It's, it's a mess out there. So um, I, I think it's going to continue to be a mess, and I think they're going to be – slightly below average. So my fourth place team is the Los Angeles Rams. 
Oh my gosh! I thought you were going with the Niners. That's what I thought you were. No, going. no, no, no. I love it. No, love I'm it. going with I'm the glad, Los Angeles Rams too. Together. Hey, you play your play can be a reflection of how you look, and how they look is going to be trash. So, um, yeah, yeah. Again, a step back. They got worse in their uniforms, and they're getting worse all like on the field, like their play as well. I just like the logo reveal. It just didn't go over great. Now, of course, it was leaked with a draft cap, which wasn't the exact logo. It was similar, but like they had neon. It was neon and like cut out, and it wasn't exactly what they went with. And you see the logo now, especially the one I have displayed on the screen. Like I get it. It's it's a Rams horn and not a Chargers bolt or the or the C for the Chargers. It's fine, but th- those uniforms that they debuted, like what I just don't understand what's what's going on with them. Uh, it's just what was a disaster. Um, go check out uh, UniWatch. Paul Lucas goes over it in great detail. They are talking about their new bone uniforms, the gradient numbers, and how the uniforms, they're not inverted home and away. They're just, they're different. And it's just kind of, kind of weird. So um, I was looking forward to their uniform debut all year. And I think it was, they're the seventh team that changed this off season, some big, some small, but they're seventh overall and they're easily the worst. And unfortunately for them, their um, SoFi stadium counterparts are the best easily. The chargers rebrand was excellently done and looks great. So we're not talking about the chargers this week. That'll be next week, but the Rams, I also have them in fourth place this season and I have them going six and 10 overall okay so three game step back like i said they went nine and seven last year you know i i don't they didn't lose a ton but i just don't think they played well last year you know they, they lost dante fowler excuse me uh, he's probably the biggest one kicker greg zerline hadn't been himself the last few years um nickel roby coleman you know he's more infamous for uh what happened against the saints uh he went to the eagles but you know, not huge departures there, but the big one was Todd Gurley. And I know people say, well, he wasn't, you know, 2019 Gurley wasn't 2018 Gurley. And they're right. But are you confident that Daryl Henderson and your 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 first draft pick, rookie Cam Akers from Florida State, are they going to be able to replicate what he was, what Gurley was able to do even when injured? Now, I do like the Akers pick, but I don't know that, you know, he's not Todd Gurley. I do like their pick of Van Jefferson, too. Both of those were second-round picks. Um, and, and Terrell Lewis, the outside linebacker from Alabama, their first three picks were solid picks. I just I don't know that they have what it takes to get to where they were two years ago. And I think two years ago was a flash in the pan. It was just kind of uh, the vergence of um, you know a new, new coaching staff, young, up-and-comer. They had a quarterback that had been in the league a few years and had a breakthrough. But I think we're seeing more recently – the real Jared Goff and their defense filled with names and talent, but never was able to put it all together. They, they traded a first round pick to get Jalen Ramsey and he's probably going to leave after this year. Cause like you said, they have some cap issues. I don't know. I just, I'm not in love with what the Rams have done on, you know, for the product on the field, both the players and their appearance. So I'm, I'm very down on the Rams this season. I think they're taking a step back. I do think that McVay will make it through the year. I don't see them drop into like three or four wins or anything. I think they're a six and 10 team, not that close to a wild card, even with the expanded playoffs. And I think that McVay will be on the hot seat entering the 2021 season, you know, and we could see a change in weeks you know, four to six if they he doesn't write the ship quickly. But I, I definitely think the Rams are trending down for sure. 
Yeah, I, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. So. All right, I'll go next here, and we'll do a little snake back and forth. So I'll go with my third-place team. My third-place team is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. I, I think they're trending up. You know, first year, last year with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, they went 5-10-1. and one. Um, I, I just think that they're going to get better. I think we're going to see a nice little um, improvement from Murray in his second year as the starter, like we saw from Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, maybe not to the extent of, of what Mahomes was able to do, but I think Kyler Murray is, is, is the guy in Arizona. I think Kingsbury's offense is going to get better. I love their, um, their first picks in the draft. You know, Isaiah Simmons, you and I have talked about how much we love Isaiah Simmons. And as long as they figure out how to use him properly, and I think they will, because while I've never been a huge Van Joseph, Vance Joseph fan from his time in Miami or as head coach in Denver, I think he will figure it out with Simmons uh, more so than the Cardinals had done with Hassan Reddick. And uh, they got Josh Jones, which was a great value in the third round to help protect Kyler Murray. So I think that everything will be okay in Arizona. I I see, I think a a two game improvement, I think a two win improvement, I guess I should say. And they go from five, 10 and one to seven and nine, but are trending in the right direction. I think Cardinals fans would be happy to be close to 500 in year two. And that could mean bigger things in year three. So the Cardinals are going to be my third place team in 2020 in the NFC West at seven and nine. Okay, I am going to go with the Niners here as my third place team. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's a big I step back gonna, for them. That is a big step back. I think, um, I think they were um, a little ahead of things last year. I think they fall back he, this year. Um, I'm going to put them at eight and eight. I know that's a huge drop off. That's five um, wins down the drain, right? Right, right. I, and again, part of this is I need to make it work for my, my picks that I'm, that I have left in this division, you know? So, and honestly, like, you know, I, I don't see them. Well, I mean, it, it could happen, but I just, I just don't think it will. So I, you know what, I, I'm going to go with it. Cause you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I might as well miss big. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Niners as third. I, I think they're going to come crashing down to earth a little bit. I, I know they played really well last year. I know the defense was kind of the key. Um, to me, lately in the NFL, it seems like the dominant defense has been kind of uh, – has almost been more of a flash in the pan than the dominant offenses. Does that make sense? So, like – uh, I look at the teams that have the solid, you know, the, not solid, but the, like the dominant offenses, they have been more consistently putting up points all over the place year to year than the teams that have had the dominant defenses, except for the Patriots. The Patriots are the outlier to all those things, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they always they, are. They, they, right. So, like, except for the Patriots, like, I feel like, you, you know, you get a, a great defensive you know, performance some year out of team a, and then the next year their defense is kind of average. Now, while they certainly have, you know, a ton of talent on that defense, I just, you know, when we look at it, I just don't know that they are going to be better this coming year than they were this past year. Does that make sense? 
And again, you can kind of see it from the teams I've picked so far and the teams I have left. Um, I, I think the Cardinals are going to make a big jump. And if we're going to snake back into it, I'm, I'll go into my second place team. I'm putting the Cardinals as my second place team in the NFC West. Um, I think in, I think Kyler Murray's going to have a really good year. I think he's going to have, um, yeah, he had a sneaky good second two thirds of the season last year. Um, and I think it's just going to be really interesting to kind of, to watch how that develops. Um, you know, they, he's got incredible weapons. I don't know that they can still protect him. Um, that's, you know, always been, well, not always, that's been an issue in Arizona for quite a while now. Um, so we'll have to see how it comes together. And one of the key things with protection stuff, and this is interesting because, uh, you know, I know you've heard this because of all the draft stuff, and I know you don't follow the draft like you did a few years ago, but how they always talk with the linemen about how, college linemen are asked to do something different than what NFL linemen are often asked to do, you know, in terms of pass protection and things like that. Um, and it's interesting to me because with the line being very different, but bringing Cliff Kingsbury in as your head coach, like, I don't know, like if you're looking at better offensive line play, but you also brought in a college coach where a lot of times they say that offensive line style of play doesn't translate to the NFL. Like, well, what, what's it going to be? Are we going to be able to run that kind of offense where it does translate, or are we going to need to change our protections and things like that? So I'm just, I'm intrigued at how that will work in Arizona. That being said, I think they're going to make a big jump. I'm going to put them at nine wins this year. Um, and I, I think they're headed in the right direction. I like the weapons they have on offense, and I think Kyler Murray's going to have a great year. I don't disagree with anything that you just said because I'm putting the 49ers at second place and at nine and seven. So I have them dropping four wins. You had them dropping five. Not really that big of a difference. I think 49ers, until I, you know, we get through all of the divisions and we get to our playoff stuff, I do, they're going to obviously be in the running for the playoffs since there are now seven teams in each conference that make it. At 9-7, and seven, you're probably in the running for that last wildcard spot, and depending on how things play out, you could be, be in running for you know the number six spot. But I think San Francisco's uh, bubble team there, why the big step back? Well, you kind of touched on it already. I think that the defense might be you know a little bit of a flash in the pan. Are they able to duplicate what they did in 2019. And I don't know that I see it. I, I just, you know, we kind of talked about it leading up to the Super Bowl last year that they had that incredible defensive line, one of which they traded away. Now they drafted a replacement for him. You know, they got rid of DeForest Buckner, sent him to the Colts, got a first round pick and essentially drafted his replacement in Javon Kinlaw. But what else do they have? You know, obviously Armstead, Bosa are the big ones that they're the ones everyone mentions and, you know, the rookie coming in in Kinlaw and they've got Solomon Thomas, who was a high draft pick a few years ago. Uh, but, you know, their defensive back, their big one is Richard Sherman, but he had a little bit of a renaissance last year, but he also was uh, toasted a few times in the playoffs. Now it didn't hurt the 49ers until the Chiefs made the comeback. I just don't know right. that um, Dante Johnson and um, Jaquiski Tart and the signed Jason Verrett and, and Jimmy Ward. I don't know if the secondary is strong and, enough. 
And I like I no I I wholeheartedly agree with that. The secondary is a huge question mark in that in that on that defense. Um, and when you look at it, you've got one of the best quarterbacks in football in Russell Wilson. I'm not saying he's the best. You could argue that, but like the, he's one of the best. And you also like I think Kyler Murray's gonna have a great year. So like the, I'll not, I'm not saying this because you picked him second. I'm just saying like. Where where do you rank? Where do you rank Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of the quarterbacks in this division right now? Where do you think he'll rank going into next season? Well, I, Russell Wilson is number one by far. I don't think anyone's yeah. close to him. Not close. Not I close. think. I mean, in terms of talent and and ceiling, Kyler Murray is my two. Now, in terms of on the field production. I, I guess right. I would, right. you know, I I don't know. That's tough for me because I'm sure there's people that would go golf and people that would go Garoppolo. But honestly, to me, um, I I guess I favor I'm, Garoppolo I'm, there, but I would probably put Murray third and golf next. But Murray's got the much higher ceiling. Well, right, exactly, and that's that's kind of next year might be cutting it a little, little close. But I, you know, I have Russell Wilson by far and away the the one here. Right now, I have Garoppolo. So, based right now, I'd have Garoppolo, and then honestly, this is probably taking the easy way out. But I'd I'd have Murray and Goff kind of tied for third, basically. But I think after this season, I think Kyler Murray's going to be the second best quarterback in the division, like th- going into next year. I don't so. think you're wrong there. So. I think we're on the same page. Surprise, surprise. We generally tend to think the same way, especially when it comes to our NFL predictions. Um, You know, 49ers, I'm not super in love with their linebackers. Um, I just, I feel like they overachieved on defense last year. Um, Offensively, you know, they, they lose Joe Staley. They replace him with Trent Williams. That's a downgrade to me. Um, you know, they drafted Mike McGlinchey a few years ago from Notre Dame, but they're keeping him at right tackle. They're not moving him over to left tackle. Um, so you got slightly worse on the offensive line to me. Now, Garoppolo is, you know, he had a, a really, really good season last year. Obviously, you don't win 13 games without your quarterback having a good season. Um, and they've proven that they didn't necessarily need a guy at running back. You know, Tevin Coleman, um, Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida, who's now in Miami, uh, they they did fine, you know, but they got rid of Emmanuel Sanders, or they essentially they didn't resign Emmanuel Sanders. They drafted a guy in the first round, Brandon Ayuk, um, and they added Travis Benjamin. But you know, to me, the the only guy that makes me skittish if I'm a defensive coordinator is George Kittle, and he's a tight end. And, you know, as much as I like Kittle, he, he's not on the same level as Gronkowski was in his prime. Um, right. I, I feel like it's a lot easier usually to take out a tight end than it is a big number one wide receiver. So unless Debo Samuel continues to get better or Ayuk has a huge, huge rookie year, I just don't know that the offense has enough to compete with the Seahawks, who are my number one right. f- by far, like not not even yeah. close. You no. know, I had the Seahawks, right. the 49ers in second at nine and seven. Um, the Seahawks went eleven and five last year. I think they could best that this year. I think they're eleven yeah. and five, twelve and four team. I just, I don't know. I just, 
I like Russell Wilson. I think he can continue to prove he can do um, more himself without having little around him. You know, they've just been kind of going through a rotation of running backs ever since Marshawn Lynch left years ago. Um, you know, is it going to be Chris Carson or Rashad Penny? Who knows? They brought in Philip Dorsett um, from the Patriots. They have Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf, I think, could have a huge year. And they have four, four tight ends that are just uh, absolutely nightmares. They could run out four tight ends on you, and I'm not sure how you could cover them all. Uh, Will Disley, right. Jacob Hollister, Gre- they signed Greg Olson, and they also have Luke Wilson. Uh, so you got four big tight ends there uh, with those receivers in Dorsett, Lockett, and Metcalf. Um, and I don't know. I just, I really like the Seahawks. I like what they're doing. And I'm sure there's some people that are saying, well, the Seahawks offensive line isn't as good as the 49ers is, but I like what is behind them more than what San Francisco has. You know, I, right. I like, uh, I, I mean, I don't think, uh, Dwayne Brown, Mike Upati, um, Cedric Obui, uh, and who's the other one, um, Oh, I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank on 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 their two other starters now, but I, I think they have enough there. And Russell Wilson is just so much better than the other three guys right now. The other three quarterbacks yeah. that I think the Seahawks are by far the best team uh, there. And that's not even to mention Seattle's defense. And they just continue to impress. They brought back a, a couple guys. Sure, they don't have. Uh, uh, Jadavion Clowney anymore, at least not at the moment, but they still have Bobby Wagner. Uh, They brought back Bruce Irvin, and they just seem to always get more out of their defensive backs than so many other teams do. So I just, I really like what's going on in Seattle. I'm not a Seahawks fan, so it kind of sucks to have to say that, but I think uh, Seattle is the team to beat in the NFC West, and I think they take the division back from San Francisco. So how many wins do you think they're going to get? I know you said north of 11 is a possibility. So I, I had the Rams at 6-10. and 10. I had the Cardinals at 7-9. and nine. I had the 49ers at 9-7. and seven. Pete Carroll can be enigma, an enigma sometimes, and you know, his teams oh, will lose games, especially away from Seattle, that they shouldn't. So I, I'll stick with a, an 11-5 and five season again, but I think they, they do okay. that comfortably, even though that's only two games up on the 49ers. I think they'll stick at 11-5 and because I also don't want to get caught in the ESPN conundrum where they always have their 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 win-loss numbers never come out the 256 and 256. Right. So I don't want to give an extra win to Seattle when I probably need it for someone else. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna stay 11-5 and five for Seattle this year. Hey, there you go. I, and you know what? I, I am going to push them to 12 wins. Um, but you kind of mentioned all, all the key parts there. I, I really think, um, they, I, I think they're just primed to, they're, they're the best all around team. Uh, one quick thing I did want to mention, man, I, I mentioned Arizona's offense in the weapons. When you look, they, their wide receivers this year include Larry Fitzgerald, who, can't believe he's still playing, but that's awesome. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. who they picked up. Yeah, we didn't even mention that. And, and Christian Kirk. Right. So they have, like, they have two two Hall of Fame wide receivers already. Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk, I'm not saying he's Hall of Fame worthy, but, like, he, he's a young stud. When and, he's a three, like, you can, you'll take that. Yeah. Oh, and you have a completely wholehearted, offensive-minded, like, um, like coach. You know what I mean? So, like, 
I think their offense is going to be interesting and going to really help them make that climb. But Seattle is too much. Seattle is, they are, they're a, a really, really solid all around team. And they've got the best quarterback in the division. And like we said, it's not really close at this point. Um, I think the ceiling is extremely high for Kyler Murray, but I think that high ceiling looks an awful lot like what Russell Wilson is. Um, and, and that's just a phenomenal quarterback. And he, he leads that team, you know, like they have comebacks every year. Like it just, he's phenomenal. Something that is incredible. And I, I had to look this up because I didn't believe it when I saw it. Russell Wilson has never received a vote for NFL MVP. Wow. Um, really? Huh. Yeah. Like not, not even like, Oh, he's way down there, but like never has received a vote in his, in all his years. Uh, and some of those years, you know, think at the beginning of his years, he was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were still, you know, up there collecting all the votes every year, basically, you know? So, there's some of that, but it, it's just interesting. Like he's in that company, you know, like right. when you look at the MVP caliber quarterbacks, he is certainly of that caliber um, yet doesn't necessarily get that recognition all the time. And I think some of that has to do with, and you kind of said this, like uh, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks in general can be a bit of an enigma at times. And like, They'll just lose games and we're like, what was that? Yeah. Now, I know it's the NFL and it's not college football, you know, so like a loss literally can happen any week. But it's just one of those things where they will have, uh, they'll have a usually a stretch, like a three week stretch where it's like, oh man, what's going on in Seattle? And the next thing you know, Russell Wilson will lead like three comeback wins in a row and they're winning right. the NFC West. So, right, exactly. Um, so I, yeah, I think Seattle's poised to take the NFC West. And I think they do by a few games. Um, uh, I, yeah, you, I don't disagree with you at, at all. So. Yeah. But it, it, this is going to be an exciting division to watch. Um, yeah, and it'll be interesting, the dynamic, as the, if the season unfolds similar to the way that you and I kind of feel it will here, um, it'll be interesting to see what dynamic that takes because L.A. has their new stadium is it opening this year or is it next year? This year. It's supposed to be this year. Isn't I, yeah, it? Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. So th- it'll be interesting because the new stadium and the dy- dynamic there, um, if they finish fourth in the division, oof, that, that would not be a good look. Um, but maybe, I know it's not really what they want, but maybe some uh, poetic justice for uh, St. Louis fans, right? So. <laughs> Um, so before we not, wrap up not, here, that makes me feel better. <laughs> I, uh, I, I want to say that, uh, my dad did also text about his NFC West predictions. He actually has, uh, I think it's similar or actually might be identical to last year. He has it, Arizona, Los Angeles. Oh no, he flip flopped the top Arizona, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle from fourth to first. Um, so if he, if he would flip-flop his last and third, he would be right in line with me. I just think Arizona's moving up, LA's trending down, San Francisco trending down, and Seattle tr- technically trending up, although they were pretty close to uh, that point last year at 11-5, and five, one of the better teams in the NFC. 
Um, I do actually think now that I'm thinking about it, uh, we had an email from my uncle. So I think uh, let's quickly address that. I haven't read this yet, so let me pull it up. Uh, This is from Rich in uh, New England, uh, Massachusetts, and he said, just some thoughts. Um, Okay, I'm not going to touch on that first one because that could be an entire show. So it might be something that we have to come back to. Um, okay. Uh, I will be rooting for both the Patriots and the Buccaneers, but the Patriots more. I know there was a thing that, that was out there about the Patriots and Buccaneers not overlapping and broadcast until late in the year and it only happens twice in 17 weeks. And the NFL said that that was just a coincidence. Uh, I hope to be sitting in my seat when the Patriots season starts in September. I, I hope you're also sitting in those seats because that means, uh, football is returned as normal. Um, I thank you for giving my Patriots team a good report card on our draft. Yes, we did do that because New England, well, New England's going to New England and they're going to find random guys that are will contribute for three to five years before they move on and then do nothing. Uh, that's just the way that right. Bill Belichick operates, but that's why the Patriots have been, um, unfortunately, the uh, model for success for two decades now. Uh, you may both have answered this, but who will you be rooting against more, the Belichick Patriots or the Brady Buccaneers? I'm still going to be rooting against the Patriots because I don't really have any dislike for the Buccaneers. I know that could be different for you, Justin, as how the way things went down 15 years ago. But, you know, as much as I dislike Brady, I still dislike Brady on the Patriots the most. And with him gone, I don't really have much against the, the Buccaneers, especially because they're in the NFC as a fan of an AFC, AFC team. I, I There's no way I'm rooting more against the Bucks than I am against the Patriots. I'm still all in against the Patriots. And, you know, get back to me if the Buccaneers make the, the Super Bowl. And, and, you know, it depends on who they're playing. Um, you know, because I could be rooting for the yeah. Bucs. I've always liked the Buccaneers. You know, back going back to when John Lynch was playing for the Bucs and not GM of the 49ers. And, and Mike Allstott, was, then when, you know, when fullback still had a career in the NFL. I, have, um, I, I, I like I, those Bucks teams. So, yeah. Yeah, I had a work done uh, poster on my wall when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, work done. Great, great running back, um, Tampa Bay, and and then uh, in Atlanta. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't um, have that, anything really, against Tampa. <laughs> that's a really interesting one, and uh, honestly, as I was thinking, I was like, "That's a tough question." I I honestly don't know. Um, I I kind of feel like part of me wants it. Like if I have to pick one, I want it to be bad in Tampa. And the the only the I don't really know why. I'm trying to figure out why. Um I think because like I still accept that like New England is just good. Like that isn't anything new for me. You know what I mean? Like and I used that reasoning a couple years ago when they were playing the Rams in the Super Bowl and I'm just like people are like, How can you root for the Patriots in the Super Bowl? I'm like, because like the Patriots at th- at that point, the where they had gotten, like the Patriots winning and continuing to win, meant nothing new. Like that changes nothing. Um, and I, I obviously it's not the same now. The Brady's not there, but New England being good is just still old news to me. It's old news with a new flavor, you know, because Brady's not there. Tampa being good is a that's a problem for my team that I root for. And so I think that would, if I have to pick one, I want Tampa to not be as good. The other key part to that is, and this isn't 
this isn't any, necessarily a minor part. And this is just the fandom. This is not, I'm not saying it's me being a good person, <laughs> um, but like, I would sit there, you know, I, I would be like basically living out that meme, you know, of eating popcorn, like entertained as it's going South in Tampa as new England's having a strong year and just watching what that would mean in all the hot takes that would be coming out. Um, you know, just as like the, you know, I'm just going to watch everything burn kind of thing here. So, um, you know, in, in reality, if one of them goes really well and the other one doesn't, that'll, that'll, that'll satisfy that entertainment factor, I guess. So, um, <laughs> right. so we know what's going to happen though, right? They're both going to be really good. And, and they're both, they're going to play problem. in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. And we're just going to all just sigh and, you know, be like, well, that's it. Football is over. Oh my gosh. Uh, so he just says, yeah. finally stay safe and have a great show. You're a true Patriots fan. So, um, thank you, uncle rich for the email. Glad you could get that in before we started the show. Uh, keep checking in, let us know what you think about the NFC West. And, uh, that goes to everyone, not just, uh, rich or my dad, you know, yeah. if you, let us know what you think is yeah, going to happen in the NFC West and we're doing AFC West next week. So, um, definitely let, let us know what you think is going to happen. Um, you know, you go ahead and send all of uh, your predictions for all the divisions, and we'll try to remember to go back to them and, and mention them on the show about what you think is going to happen in the 2020 NFL season. Uh, so before yes, we, we also, we, we need to give a quick shout out. Uh, Rich from New England is also the show archivist because that's true. Come the, come the end of our picks, and we're like, I don't remember. He emails us and tells us this is exactly who you picked. So, um, that, he keeps us honest, help. so <laughs> exactly. yeah, that, that that really does help. So um, before we go, I want to give this a try here. I've got another um, advertisement from Small Player Big Play. Again, we thank them for stepping up and sponsoring the show, and we want to make sure that they uh, get all the acknowledgments they can. And if you are uh, interested in, in youth athletics, you definitely want to check them out. Again, Small Player Big Play. It's an app available both for Apple and Google Android devices. And it is a great social network for um, young athletes and their families that allow you to uh, keep in touch safely and stream their games to the app. And there's a bunch of information on smallplayerbigplay.com and definitely check that out. So we have another advertisement for them before we leave here. All right, so I gotta fiddle that with that. Hold, bear with me here while I get that to uh, play properly. Of course, it's giving me some issues, but we will make sure that that is functioning properly. And uh, try that again. For young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. 
Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right, so thanks again to Small Player Big Play for advertising and sponsoring the show, as well as to Mays Sandwich Shop for their support as well, both of them presenting sponsors of the Joe Mays and JRF show. But with that, I think that's it. Justin, any final words on the NFC West or the hopeful return of professional sports in the next two months? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, I know it's a little bit, things, but everybody keep doing their part um, so that we can have sports back soon. <laughs> yeah. That is an understatement of the year from a sports podcast and for uh, two people and all the viewers that love uh, sports. And hopefully we can uh, continue to move in the right direction and get back to uh, what we're used to and get some great entertainment to return um, on and off the field. So, well, thanks, Justin, for joining me. This wraps up episode 306 of the Joe Mason JRF show. We will be back one week, Sunday, May 24th, to talk about the AFC West. So thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great night. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and JRAF show, brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and J-Rap Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time...